Hello, and welcome to SoberCast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting SoberCast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a great day. We're here today, as is so frequently expressed in our meetings, thanks to the grace of God and AA. Most of us learn about the grace of God through experience with someone who has known of it and who is able to mediate it to us. The entire movement has come to know of the grace of God as it has been mediated to us, expressed to us in tangible form by our next next speaker. I look forward to this opportunity of sharing the meeting because it would give me an opportunity to meet her. And I'm very happy that she has been able to come to the coast and be with us this afternoon so that you may feel and come to know the sweetness of her spirit, the depth of her concern, and the effectiveness of her service to suffering alcoholics. Sister Ignatius. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. my good friend. In fact, I feel alcoholic anonymous is part of my family, really. I um, know that God works in mysterious ways. How little I thought when I entered the convent that I had spent my days, at least as many of them as I have, in caring for alcoholics. But God works in mysterious ways, and certainly His divine providence has directed all this. I feel He can use very weak instruments to carry out His design. But uh, in our vast point, as I know, Colonel Towns would say, we see many wonderful results. Nothing short of miracles. We are not uh, <clears throat> given to a lot of imaginary things, but certainly God is extremely kind to the alcoholic. Because the child tries in home heart, he'll never, never uh, refuse to help and give him a great thing. I feel that uh, it's a privilege to work in this field. I owe much to my community. I, when Bill called me about this, I certainly could hardly think of appearing on a program like this. And as I said, well, it's something like the AA third step. We turn our lights and our will over to God under the direction of our superiors. My superiors might have word at any time that I was take no more. It came nearly to that nearly to that point in a few cases. But thank God and certain prayers of well, I suppose many of the sisters who were interested and I beloved Dr. Bob and Bill himself. Somehow we weathered it too. I just uh, Bill asked me to say a few words about how we got started in Aspen 
<clears throat> I hardly know myself. I was sent there in 1928, just as a, well, it might be, the doctor recommended occupational therapy. Changed of occupation for a while. I was in the field of music, and as you know, that's rather nerve-wracking. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, he did it for me. So, uh, I was sent to the St. Thomas, just opened in 1928. And it was there I met Dr. Bob. We had no open staff the first year because we didn't know the men, nor did they know us. Doctor operated at our hospital and the other hospital. <laughs> I didn't know they had a drinking problem, and in fact, I wouldn't have known it had he not told me so, because he didn't come to the hospital when he was drinking, evidently. Oh, I can recall uh, sometimes his voice was rather reverberating. I could could hear him when he came in the back door. He had a decided accent, I mean, New England accent. But I, somehow I liked him because he was so, so straightforward. Those of us working on hospitals know that some doctors uh, make everything an emergency, a matter of life or death. I will tell you the exact truth about this case. Say, so, well, my patient is going to a few days, or if they can't, then you know that you take them for what they say. However, doctor is so straightforward. So I enjoyed working with him. And one day he called, he looked rather down. We often had little chats. And uh, this uh, morning he came, he looked rather down. I said, Doctor, what's the trouble this morning? Well, then he told me. He said, Well, sister, he said, I might as well tell you that. Um, uh, I came in contact with a New York broker and uh, had a thinking problem for a long time. And somehow we got together and we all tried to work out something that will help you. Right, he said. Well, <clears throat> because we've uh, been trying it out, they tried a few rest homes and uh, we had some in the other hospital. And he said, Sister, would you consider taking one? Well, I hesitated because sometime before, oh, probably some months before, I took a man in who always looked um I didn't I didn't know much about this drinking. I used some to drink and some could drink and handle it well and others couldn't. So, uh, they called me to the emergency, and I went down and talked with him. Oh, he said, just like, just lie down a little while. He works at the city garage, and looks like a very respectable person. He said, I've been drinking a little too much, and I want to get certain, which I thought was a good thing. <laughs> well, the only bed that uh, we have at the time was a bed in the four-bedroom. Then we knew nothing about uh, special treatment. And uh, I signed to the man on service, on medical service, and 
I was not an expert, surely, the Lord picked out a, a weakling when he picked out me, I know. But, um, however, I took him down to the room, as I would any patient, and then taking the chart to the desk to explain to the nurse a little about it. I couldn't tell her too much, but said Dr. Bob would, uh, would give her the orders. And wasn't down after him. <laughs> well, he had a short tongue and everything else. <laughs> I, nearly, I nearly went through the floor because the nurses all looked and everything. And I, you go by that, you won't be right down. So the nurse came down with me. And here he was under the bed. <laughs> well, I thought this will never work. I don't think this will go at all. I'd better put two together the next time. I didn't want to give up at once. I don't know just exactly what I did, whether I had someone stay with him or what I did. But I know after that, I put, uh, put two together and then finally took a four-bedroom. That couldn't go pretty good. One would help the other. Usually, one or two would be in a few days before they'd be coming out of it pretty well. And um, so then we took another two-bed across the hall. Well, it was hard to say no when they really wanted to do something about it. And but that time, men were coming in quite often. So much so that some of the sisters said, Who are these fine-looking men that came in so often and seem so interested in the patients? And uh, I didn't say much at first, but I, later I said, well, that is AA. I said, what is AA? Would you like to know something about it? Well, yes. Yeah. Well, I'll bring somebody to it. <laughs> I gradually But, of course, before that, a committee from Alcoholics Anonymous talked with Sister Superior, who's one who had a lot of experience in the old days of charity and all, and uh, she knew what we were doing. And she said uh, to these men, she said, well, uh, strange, she said, when we had them charity, they'd be running around the hall and having a lot of trouble. But since Dr. Bob is treating them, we don't know that they're in the house. So she said, there's no problem. If I bite you, see, just go hide along. Well, that's just wonderful. But that wasn't all. Of course, I'm laying patients to... Complained because they wouldn't have visitors at any time of these days. They seem like that privileged character. <laughs> so finally, they decided to. We had a small accident ward. It was sort of off in the rest of the um, hospital. And there we put in a coffee bar and Dr. Bob set up the pillow. I uh, want to tell you this. The first opportunity he had, he brought Bill over, and, uh, of course, I couldn't imagine who this wonderful Bill was, but I soon learned that uh, God had chosen two great men, but one didn't have the other supplemented, and together they were perfect. I suggest to you, I often say to our boys, that God has two great religious leaders no one would have come near them because the alcoholics 
doesn't want anything about religion or God, nor do we try to teach religion to them. But they aren't in very long until they're asking or telling them what experience they've had and what they'd like to do. They know they haven't been living right. And I feel that, as many of our nations have said, the best strategy is peace of mind. If once they can be relieved of their anxieties and worries and treated properly, there should be no trouble. Personally, the first men and the doctors found set up the program. No televisions, no radios, no newspapers. Only literature pretending to AA or something that would have a a moral, I mean, a building of their morals and things of that kind. Because they don't, they have all the reading they can take care of and then the visitors, too. Well, we went on with that. There's so many details I could bring in, but I don't want to make it too long because I know many of you have probably questions that maybe Colonel Towns could answer some of these people who know much more than I. But anyway, during doctor's time, I think we treated it for between four and five thousand. And he treated them, he came in every day unless he was out of town or something like that. And uh, without any charge, he said, that's my transition to AA. Part in those days, we didn't have too much either to sell it with. And you couldn't mention money very well. For how much of it cost? Because if we just get them sober, it's in a great deal. But that was taken care of later on. Thank God. It worked out very well. And there are no problems. Oh, many times, whether they have it or don't, we take them in because God certainly provides. And a man who gets his soul is everlastingly grateful. Doctors. Uh, it's hard to understand. Sometimes you make rounds and they come down and say, Sister, let that man go home. He doesn't want this program. Oh, but Dr. has a big family who has to set me up. doesn't want the program. He isn't ready. So he was always right. Many times they frighten me almost because they have a heart attack or they would tell me they had a bad heart or something. And I hated to bother Dr. too much. Often I call in. I think members of this group or any alcoholic would often say a prayer for Anne. That she was the best vulnerable. In her calm, quiet way, she was really an angel. I would call and say, Oh, Anne, I'm so worried about this fellow. She knew most of them from either reputation or doctor telling about them. And uh, she would get the doctor if it was anything serious, but otherwise she'd not. Don't worry about it. Well, they have a, they have a, uh, they're alibiologists, in other words. <laughs> and I learned they were. <laughs> they do anything to uh, promote another drink or treatment or something. So, well, uh, we take them but once, that was Dr. Clam, too. I thought, oh my, that's kind of strict, isn't it? But oh, I see the wisdom. Because if there is a merry-go-round, 
when that temptation comes, you know, I think, well, I can get back in there for five or six days. Well, that'd be all right. Sister could still take me back. And I'd only encourage my drinking. They know that it's the one with the sponsors and the eternal towns said they are. Their cooperation is tremendous. Any hospital who tries to just take them in on their own is very foolish because they need this sponsorship. I often say it's something like learning the technique of golf. You may know all the angles and all the rules, but unless you get out there in the field and do some footwork and practice, you won't be much of a golf. So we tried, Dr. Self, if they could be taken take out of their environment. At first, it was just five days because people were pretty depleted after the depression and all, and financially. And uh, the sooner we got them back to their family, the better. Although many of those first aid would take them into their own home and try to help them documentation. They worked in groups. It was marvelous what they did. But however, we uh, certainly have a, a firm that was very wise. Because the sponsor will not bring them until they are ready. And then we screened them carefully and goes over it. We want to be sure the sponsor is not just a person they met in a bar somewhere. Uh, but uh, one, I think we have some questions to now. I know most of them well, you know, who are the sponsors who are not. But it's a tremendous help. So finally, William, um, the time came, well, as Anne, of course, died in 49. And that. It was very hard for doctors. She called from the Cleveland Air Force. They had just gotten in from Texas. But the plane was down. It doesn't really. Phil knows more about this than I. Anyway, they brought her directly to the hospital. And we kept out the there, too. Because he was pretty well taken up with all this. And Anne died of pneumonia and all that. So, um, went on from there, doctors. Then died in 1950, a year and a half later. He knew then, I believe, that he had a motivation. He had talked with Bill, well, I think that several times a week, if not every other day, he'd give me a little message. And uh, I felt as though <clears throat> I knew Bill and he got in here too, because there wasn't very much done that they didn't consult together on especially anything affecting the, the foundation of this. Then, um, one day, I got worried. We're just like people in the Army, you know, we go to where we're sent. I often wondered whether I was off the mailing list or whether I was forgotten. <laughs> I, was, I was there for uh, 24 years. Probably one who started 24 years. And uh, finally, the obedience came. But I was to go to charity and uh, work with AA there. They had had AA as charity and fine workers there. 
But they just had a small department. And Sister Victorine, a very fine sister, who everybody loved, was there too. And she came down and we told her everything, and Dr. Bob talked with her. And she really did a good job. But uh, they decided to build a new wing and all the extra. Oh, I know they talked to Alcoholics Anonymous was a thrill, and they're not, but the, everything was discontinued. It wasn't absolutely a case of life or death. So they <clears throat> just kind of forgot about AA. But Reverend Mother didn't. She saw much shooting with my nose. I went there in August, and I didn't hear a word about, other than on my obedience, she said, uh, that I would take care of this floor and uh, physical safety and work with AA. Well, I mean, someday maybe we'd have them. But anyway, I just observed and went along day by day. Finally, one day, I got a call of the surgery checking on the patient to see find out the condition. Tell them we worry about this patient, and they'll run through their swing. So Terry wants to see down his floor. And I came down, and the architect of the new building was there. And um, a few nurses, uh, the director of our nursing service was there. And, uh, of course, Terry uh, said, what kind of setup would you like for this AA? Well, you imagine standing in the middle of the floor and feeling rather strange. I didn't want to pull myself or not. To, yeah. And I uh, couldn't think very fast. So this nurse uh, said, uh, well, sister, are they violent? I said, no, they're not violent. Oh, they're not intoxicated. Yes, they are intoxicated. <laughs> but they're clear enough to be skinny because we must make sure that they want the food. Well, she said to the architect, you won't need a table <laughs> Well, I said, I said, and Mr. Rockin, would you mind giving me a few days and we'll drop a little plan of what we'd like? Fine. Well, the day that they came was on the pizza, Lady Rosie, that's how we call it, Rosie Hall. And there is a and that's a good to have. When I was moved there, I thought, oh, I'd love to have this in memory of Dr. Bob. Well, I thought I could search and rather than call it the alcoholic ward. We'll call it Rosie Hall. And I think you're marking that road R8. Well, I thought all I needed to rest and I had Dr. Smith and Polly Smith. Now we call it Smith. So we call it Rosie Hall for Larry. <laughs> on the door is RHS. Commissioned over the wall is granted by a hospital for horizontal October 7th, 1952. This is I feel that the people, whether they're in the church or whatever the denomination, when you see a rosary, you don't need prayer. If you get the rosary, I want you to think they're praying somehow. So to everyone, I think this is all the result Someone's prayer, the grace of God comes to someone's prayer and penance, that's for sure. 
Well, anyway, the uh, terrifying name was in Hall, Solari. Well, I told you about that. The insignia eloquently expresses the efforts of the sisters of Charity St. Augustine, a council that is regarded as the joint forces of the members of AA, a strictly non-sectarian movement, in an attempt to rescue men and women of all creeds from the violence of alcoholism. She admitted that this award must be sponsored by a number of AA and good standing, and must also evidence the desire not just to get sober, but also deserve and perpetuate your sobriety on a day-by-day basis. Unless you yourself are willing to admit that you are an alcoholic, you are advised to seek help otherwise elsewhere. The physical therapy is the most modern known for medical science. The patients in prior days of retirement from the outside world and the habits which have, have caused their collapse. There are no radios, television, um, newspapers, and magazines. Nothing but AA literature and other literature in keeping with the problems are available. The patient may have no visitors except members of Alcoholics Anonymous, who are welcome between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. The conversation turns alcoholism and strategy problems. Every evening, a member of AA comes to the hospital to conduct a brief AA meeting for the patients. And the staff is large cans in the center of the hall where AA members and the patients all be gathered to discuss their common problems. A little oratory is open at all times. Just if they want a retirement from the outside world and the habits which have, have caused this collapse. There are no radios, television, um, newspapers, and magazines. Nothing but AA literature and other literature in keeping with the problems are available. The patient may have no visitors except members of Alcoholics Anonymous, who are welcome between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. The conversation turns alcoholism and strategy problems. Every evening, a member of AA comes to the hospital to conduct a brief AA meeting for the patient. And the staff of large towns in the center of the hall where any members and the patients all be gathered to discuss their common problems. A little oratory is open at all times. Just if they want to do some prayerful treatment, there. The remodeling and construction work of the solarium is done by members of AA who consider their time and money. Members who belong to the building trade work day and night during their hours to complete the lovely quarters at no cost of the hospital. Rosie Hall accepted his first person one year ago, and since that day, when Kathy and women have been hospitalized therein, we have much room for women. We're hoping to get more. Oh, we have three, we ask usually, we have two, sometimes four, and even six to five. That isn't good. However, there is not a Rosie Hall accepted his first patient one year ago, and since that date, well, pardon me for being. They have been offered not only the key sobriety, but also the key to a happy sobriety. The sisters of Terry and members of Alcoholics Anonymous, who had assisted them, that decline any individual credit. They are aware that it is given for the Well, God bless you all, and I wish you a continued happy sobriety. 
And uh, may God's grace be with you always and bless every one of you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad-free, and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging a dollar to a month, visit Sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.